2: Hello and welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding. This week, I wanted to open the door into some of our country's most treasured haunted locations. Whenever we think of a classic haunted house, our minds instantly conjure up images of old castles and huge manor houses. Well, that's where I'd like to take you on this week's podcast, I'll also be talking to the presenters of the Mysteries of the Unexplained podcast to get their take on some grand haunted locations. And of course, the most important part of the show, of course, are your stories, your true encounters with the weird, the wonderful, paranormal and supernatural. This week, we'll be hearing from Kelly and her ghostly encounter. Don't forget and don't be shy. If you have a paranormal encounter to share, please leave a note at paranormalactivitypod.com and you could be featured on the next show. It was back in 2001 when I stepped into my first haunted castle. I was so excited, nervous, and in awe. Chillingham Castle in Northumberland looks like the quintessential haunted house. Statues galore, mottled ancient stonework, an ancient courtyard with aged old steps leading to a large front entrance. Just looking at the place made me shiver all over. The castle dates back to the 12th century and was once described by a priest as an embodiment of evil. It was a major stronghold in the region during the conquest, used as a prison for Scottish rebels and a refuge for English soldiers. I distinctly remember being shown around the castle by its owner, a wonderful gentleman, Sir Humphrey Wakefield. He and his family have owned the castle for a few hundred years. When I asked him if he believed the castle was haunted, he replied, "Oh, they're all for real. One of the main ghost stories in the castle is the legend of the Blue Boy, His skeletal remains were discovered behind a wall. How sad to think he'd possibly been walled up alive. His ghost has been seen and many believe a ball of blue light that floats in one of the rooms is his spirit. It was when all the lights had been turned off in the castle and myself and the Most Haunted team began to walk through the minstrel's gallery through a wooden door and down a small corridor that I experienced something horrible. I remember when walking with trepidation into the black corridor, feeling tense and very frightened. Something clearly wasn't right. The atmosphere, you could cut it with a knife. All the hairs on the back of my neck were stood up and it was icy cold. Then all of a sudden I heard what only can be described as a hissing or shushing noise. It was really loud and really clear and in my face. I ran out screaming. I remember crying as well on poor Stuart's shoulder. When Sir Humphrey explained that there were no water pipes in there and that this ghostly phenomena was a common occurrence and witnessed countless of times, I began to cry even more. I couldn't stop shaking. You have to remember this was only the second investigation that I had ever done and to say I was frightened was an understatement. What blew my mind at the time was that people could actually stay in the castle and in all the haunted rooms overnight, with the mental, with the crazy. You still can, by the way, and I would suggest you give it a go. It's the real deal. And, of course, I'd love to investigate Britain's most famous castle, Hampton Court Palace. That would be amazing. Just think if you could talk to Henry VIII or better still, see his ghost then of course there's Bucky Palace which has its own ghost stories but perhaps one of the most haunted castles in Britain has to be the Queen Mother's ancestral home Glam's Castle located in Angus, Scotland. One of the most frightening apparitions seen here is that of the Tongless Woman. Sounds terrifying doesn't it but I think I'd faint if I did see her apparition. The ghost of a maid is said to be observed pointing to her blood-filled mouth. It's believed she knew a terrible secret that, if told, would bring the whole family's name into disrepute. The Earl couldn't take that chance and had her tongue completely removed. Another ghostly woman called the Grey Lady is seen floating in the family chapel. It's believed she was accused of witchcraft and was burned at the stake. And what haunted castle isn't complete without a secret chamber or two, complete with their own ghosts? One being the Monster of Glam's, a deformed child that is believed to have died the same day he was born. But many people believe he survived and kept hidden away because of his atrocious deformities. His ghost is said to walk the Mad Earl's Walk. Now, I've just touched on a few of the ghosts that are believed to haunt Glam's Castle, which is spelled G L A M I S. So, when you're looking for it, go with that spelling rather than my pronunciation. What a place to investigate, though. To me, it would be like winning the lottery if I could spend a night there. I can keep on dreaming. So, why are so many of these amazing palaces and castles so haunted? My theory, and remember, it's only a theory, it's energy. So many people have come and gone nearly every single hour of the day. The comings and goings of the kings and queens, the lords and the ladies going to bed. The servants were still busy until the small hours of the morning. War, conspiracy, rebellion, jealousy, love, lust. It all happened within the thick stone walls of these amazing buildings. Maybe the building breathed it all in and from time to time, we, in our modern world, get to see all its inhabitants being breathed out. Stone tape theory, anniversary ghosts, residual hauntings, or the ghosts that just love still being in their home and are just happy staying there. Big buildings with big histories hold so many big secrets. Now, this week's story is from Kelly, who worked at a large stately home in Stockport as the head of the guiding team.
3: About 20 years ago, I worked at a large stately home in Stockport, where I was the um, head of the guiding team, a guiding team that had been established for many years. had said to me on a number of occasions when I started there that I would experience things in the house but I was very sceptical and I didn't believe that. Um, The first time I experienced something was um, in the middle of summer, it was a July day, it was a Sunday and I was the only person who held keys to open the house. So I knew I was the only person in the building at the time. I went to open one of the Tudor bedrooms and as I did so it went very, very cold and I had a distinct feeling there was somebody standing behind me, looking at me. And in fact, I could feel them breathing on the back of my neck. And I was a bit nervous about what to do, whether I should turn around or not. So I didn't, I just said, hi, it's me. I've been on a holiday um, and I know I'm, yeah, you know, I've not been here for a few days. And instantly the cold air went away, the room returned to its normal temperature. On another occasion, I was sat in the main office building watching on the security cameras for my team to arrive again. only person in the building. And I could hear very distinctly outside of the door that I was in the sound of women's footsteps wearing heeled shoes and also the sound of the swish of what I can only assume was a Victorian crinoline-type dress. Um, I got up, I looked out the door, there was nobody there. And in fact, the area that I could hear the noises on was carpeted. But this was the sound of shoes on wooden floors. I think the most events that happened to my son, I used to take my two very small children at the time to help me sometimes to open up, and my son used to run around the house, he was three, and he would always run to one particular place, um, a window on a staircase that was not as obvious as some of the other staircases in the house. And we'd always find him there if we couldn't find him. And we used to say to him, what are you doing? And he would say, I'm sitting here talking to Thomas. Um, And we'd say, who's Thomas? And he'd say, the little boy who lives here in the house. And he waves through the window, but nobody waves back. Um, My husband and I thought this was very strange, but we just carried on. And then a few weeks later, a member of the public came in from the park, um, just as we were closing the house, to say that they were very distressed, to say they could see a little boy in the window crying waving at them and they thought he'd been left behind um, he was lost um, and in fact there was nobody in the house because I'd just locked it up and from the way she described it it was exactly the way that my son described it.
2: Thanks Kelly it sounds to me like the residents of the home are still in residence. I truly believe that we can stay in a place we love and we see the home castle or palace as it was when we were alive. They're just happy continuing to live in another dimension that we have no understanding of yet.
4: Oh, sorry to interrupt your podcast. We didn't do that. It's just been magically done for us. We do a podcast, which I think you might like if you like this podcast. Our podcast is called The A to Z of Men with me, Chris Brooks. And me, Scott Robinson. And what's the podcast about, Scott? I mean, what we're doing really is giving you an insight, a delve into the male mind. We're going through the alphabet letter by letter. I submit a word. Chris submits a word
1: and we battle it out to see what word goes into the A to Z of men.
4: And you can get us wherever you get your podcast from. Just search for the A to Z of men.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
2: Welcome back. I'm so pleased that some of you are asking me lots of questions about my experiences. And one question has come through from Jess. She asks, Hi Yvette, I'm really interested in finding out How you properly got into the paranormal and what made you make your own ghost hunting show? Did you have to learn a lot before producing the show? Loving the podcast. Kind regards, Jess. Well now, Jess, that is a great question. Um, Well, basically, it was just a friend that came over to our house. It was a wet Sunday morning and he had just come back from the night before at spending some time in a place called Mitchell and Priory. And I know many of you have heard the story of Mitchell and Priory because we've talked about it on a previous show. But Mitchell and Priory was the place that he'd stayed at with his girlfriend for the weekend. And he told us all about what a wonderful time he'd had. But on leaving, he told us about 13 ghosts that are said to haunt there. Well, after the door was shut, Carl, my husband, looked to me and said, Hmm. Would you spend the night in a haunted house with a camera crew? And I said, Well, yes. And what about using some of those cameras that we've just watched on Blair Witch, that movie? And he said, Yes, that's a good idea. So we sat up all night writing out the synopsis of the programme that is now known as Most Haunted. Originally, it was called the marvellous title of Yvette's Haunting Truths. Yes, now I understand why we changed it to Most Haunted. But that was how it came about. I always had had a fascination in the paranormal and anything spooky, but it always frightened me because it was unexplained. So when it came time to actually shooting the pilot at Michelin Priory, uh, I was so nervous, excited and terrified all in equal measure. So that's how I got into the paranormal, really. And I didn't uh, have any experience uh, before producing the show. I learned on the job, as you say, So really, now I think I can safely say I've had enough experiences uh, to understand a little bit about the paranormal. And every day is a learning curve. Every time I go and investigate a new location or go back to some old ones, I'm learning all the time. Now I have the absolute pleasure in introducing Will and Annie from the Mysteries of the Unexplained podcast. They're joining me to chat more about a local mansion house to them that is famously haunted and it's called Loftus Hall. Hi Annie and Will, welcome, welcome to the podcast.
5: Hello, hello, hello. (laughs) Hello. Oh, thanks so much for having us. No,
2: thank, thank you. you so much for, for joining me. Now, I want to talk to you about, because oh, today's podcast is obviously about palaces and castles and what makes them so uh-huh. spooky and haunted. And I know that you've both got your own experiences with a place called Loftus Hall in Ireland. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the experiences you've had there?
5: Absolutely. Well, um, this place is a very famous old mansion in ireland it's kind of like a grand old manor house and it's actually quite near to where will lives in county wexford on the mm-hmm. southeast coast i feel a little bit more safe talking about it because i'm a county away and it absolutely <laughs> terrifies me um will will try to drag me there one halloween and i was just like i can't have it but my experience of it was from a video that we got shown in school good old catholic school thought it would be a great <laughs> idea to show us this as a 10 year old kids (laughs) yes yes rolled rolled into the classroom (laughs) yes the the little TV rolled into the classroom on wheels and this thing affected me so much for years that I was pet like for months I couldn't sleep after it Um, and it's the story of Loftus Hall Uh, so I'll kick it off for you The story of Loftus Hall begins about 1170 AD when it belonged to Raymond Redmond Fitzgerald. Um, He had landed at Bagginbun Head on the Hook Peninsula in what is now County Wexford in Ireland. He had first built the dwelling at the site and it would change hands and be rebuilt several times before we meet it in this story in its final reincarnation as Loftus Hall. So in the mid 1600s, um, Charles Tottenham had married into the Loftus Family, and he called the hall Loftus Hall after his Anne. Um, They had six children four boys and two girls, Elizabeth and another Anne. But um, Anne became ill and died when her two girls were still young. So, two years later, Tottenham married his cousin Jane and they lived together along with Anne in Loftus Hall. So, the story that has gained reputation in Ireland and the story that we were told as young kids. Is this that one night in 1766 during a storm, which is very common off the Wexford coast, it's very weather beaten, kind of bleak part of the country in bad weather, a man appeared at the door of the mansion asking for hospitality? He was tall, dark, and handsome and seemed to be from what would have been called good stock so they were like that's grand you're good stock and come in and you can stay for a few nights now it wasn't uncommon in the weather conditions down there for people to come ashore with their belongings coming behind them so this man had a few days to spare until the weather cleared the loftus family was most welcoming to this beguiling young man and he was housed with them for several weeks But the young Anne, the only daughter left living in the house after a short time became acquainted with him, and the legend goes that she quickly became quite infatuated. But one night, while the Tottenham family and the mysterious man were sitting around the card table playing cards, as was the usual evening pastime, Anne dropped one of her cards on the floor, and as she bent down to pick it up, she glanced across the carpeted floor beneath the table and was horror-stricken to behold a set of shiny cloven hooves underneath the stranger's chair (gasps) and jumped back from the table, shrieking in terror. And at that same moment, the stranger shot up through the ceiling of the parlour in a ball of flame. She was never to recover from this night of horror, and the story goes that she became so delirious and so frenzied from her experience that her parents didn't quite know what to do with her. So finally, they decided to lock her up in a room in the house called the Tapestry Room, and she was to remain there for the rest of her days, never again to regain her former self, constantly tormented by the vision she had witnessed." So local legend has it that when Anne died in 1775, she was so deformed from years of being huddled in bed that they could not quite straighten her body into a lying position and a special coffin had to be constructed to take on her huddled form. The hole in the roof could never be mended and anyone who attempted to do so would find the task impossible and would very likely meet with misfortune along the way. House blessings and attempts at exorcism seemed to be futile for years and years to come. Since that day, poltergeists and apparitions have been occurring within the walls of Loftus Hall. In darkness, the night lights are seen going on and off by themselves, moans, creaks, sinister gasps. Several members of clergy were summoned by the family to exorcise the place. One in particular was Father Brothers. We can't, if we try to separate fact from fiction, we learn more about poor Anne. Anne was confined to a room in Loftus Hall. She did exist, and from a very young age until her death, she was confined in this room. But was it because of mental illness, or was there another reason? Other people say that this visitor left her with more than just a horrific apparition. According to accounts, the stranger had fallen in love with Anne and asked Charles Tottenham for her hand, but was denied permission he was turned away, leaving Anne heartbroken. But during a renovation of Loftus Hall, years later, the skeletal remains of a small child were found in what is believed to have been the room in which Anne had been confined. So had Anne become pregnant by the stranger, shaming her family, was the real legacy of this mysterious stranger to be a child born out of wedlock and a woman scorned and hid away for her family? She may have died even in childbirth after her father refused to let people know about her pregnancy, including the local doctor. The house, as I said, has been exercised and blessed on many occasions. And it is said that Father Broaders, the man who has become very friendly with the Tottenham family after this instance, lies interred in a local cemetery with this inscripted on his grave. Here lies Father Broaders, the greatest of them all, who banished the devil from Loftus Hall. Wow, what a story. Mm. That's incredible. I have some personal connection to the story so like um, my I, a girl that I went to college with her boyfriend and some of his friends thought it would be really fun to go there for the night um, as they do bring a few cans you know and hang out uh, people used to kind of like they used to kind of um, encourage each other to go for the night almost dare each other and for a long time it has passed hands so many times and nobody's really been able to make a go of it um, yeah. and she said that at two o'clock in the morning every door every drawer every cupboard every wardrobe in the place just started opening and slamming and they could see footprints like human shaped footprints coming down through the ceiling and all of these tough young guys ran out of there screaming for for their lives like they were absolutely terrified and she said it took him ages to recover from it that he was just and he wasn't anyone who would have believed in this stuff hence he was there for the night Um but then my dad, a guy up the road, painted it once and he's a local painter. And he said to my dad, my dad says, well, Pat, did you see anything mad in there? And he goes, ah, no, Dixie, I didn't see anything scarier than myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, everyone has a different experience, but I am terrified. Like, I won't go there. I'm terrified so of it. So
2: both of you, you've not, you've not gone in there yourselves and done a little investigation. Will has been... I
5: haven't, no,
4: we haven't been for an investigation. They did, um, in recent years, a guy bought it and kind of made it into a bit of a tour that you could do and stuff. So I did the tour which was pretty they were pretty serious about the whole thing um mm-hmm. one of the rooms i think it's the tapestry room if you closed your eyes and walked through the doorway you would think you were outside with a temperature difference it was yeah it was like walking into a room of ice um and they said their security dog will not go into that room he'll go all around the house but he'll just stand at the door and refuses to go into that room and it's Mm -hmm. it's the one room that has had the most activity but um Mm -hmm. before the guy that um bought it well he's recently sold it actually there was a lady living there she was connected to it she to the family i think but she lived in a kind of makeshift apartment within the hall itself that she had Mm -hmm. which was just confined to i think two or two rooms but she, in the middle of the night, she she left it, just left the hall and and went to England. As far as the sort like neighbors said that she gave no yeah. reason why she was to leave and just went. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I did go down there as a teenager, actually. Um, oh, you're one of the, these guys, Will. <laughs> I know before my before that lady was was living there. I think and. We drove down and it's always in darkness because it's a derelict building. And when we drove mm-hmm. down there, there was one light on in the in the whole hall. Oh, and inside wow. it, we could see from the gates. There was inside it. There was this. I don't know what it was. It was like a black object that was just moving in it. <gasps> oh, and we how stayed creepy. For, I Girl. know. And we stayed for ages just looking, and then we we're like, we better go because the neighbors around there would kind of tell you to move on, like you know they didn't mm-hmm. want young guys coming down or yeah, young girls yeah. coming down mm-hmm. and all that. So we had to go, but I always remember that because it was just it, it, the, the building itself. As you drive past, it's so it just dominates the landscape. It's it's yeah, just it really a, a does. creepy looking building. Oh mm. wow!
2: I can't. I need to go.
5: I need to go. I you need, need to. You should. You, need you to really go. should. I, I I, I got really brave last Halloween. Oh, did you? Yeah, I got really brave last Halloween and asked them would they let me and Will in for the night. But um, unfortunately, they didn't get back to me. I don't know what I thought I was going to do to make myself brave between them and now. But a lot of people have seen Anne, Anne's, um, Anne's ghost is meant to haunt, haunt the place. Like a lot of people have seen a lady in silver brocaded um, silk gown that just appears in, in their room by the foot of the bed. Um, countless people have said that they when they when the house was still open and they were still accepting guests that they've met her.
2: Yeah. So, why do you think all these big homes um, and castles and palaces? Why do you think they are so haunted? Mm, it's
4: a good question. I think that, I think that when spirits pass or when people pass, uh, I think they want to stay there. Like, mm-hmm. I think they want to relive their daily mm-hmm. life there because they. So a lot of them might have been quite happy there, and they're afraid to move on. Um, and I think. It, my own personal belief is that sometimes when somebody passes on that if it's in a tragic circumstance or you know very maybe violent and stuff that maybe they're in some way like glued to the situation that they can't actually Mm -hmm. physically move on because maybe it was a sudden death or they're just Mm -hmm. so tied to it that they actually need a bit of help i don't really Mm -hmm. know um, yeah. It's a strange one. What do you think, Annie?
5: I've heard it said that people, um, spirits often return to the place in which they found happiness, which it kind of goes against our um, when we think of spooky things, but they often do seem to be just reliving their daily lives, you know, um, like Anne's ghost is meant to just walk from her room into the powder room and back out and she looked very much healthy, like not, not she, she wasn't the person she was when she had died. It's an, a younger version of her. So maybe there is she's somehow connected to a time in her life there where she found happiness and she maybe she's not she she wasn't able to accept what had happened in her later life so her spirit is somehow glued to her good days in the house um also if i was born into a big fancy house like Loftus hall maybe i'd want to come back as well and be like once this was all mine
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's the way to look at it well i'm definitely going to see if i can go there and see if we can talk to Anne. And see if we can get any information from yes. her, or you know what really happened. Yes. That would be so yes. good, wouldn't it? That would be fabulous. Yeah. Um, and You'll obviously, in for a cup fabulous. of
4: tea on the way down. I a bit. was, I was going to yes. say, mind you, yes. most
2: people don't like me coming into their house, particularly if they have a round coffee table or dining table. They're like, no. I was actually asked not to come into somebody's house once. Honestly, she said uh, I was oh uh, going in with a friend, at, and she was going to her mum's house to get some stuff before we were going filming. And she said, uh, "She's a real northern lady." She went. I hope you are not bringing that ghost girl in here. I don't want any bad luck out. <laughs> so she can stay out there. <laughs> that, that was that. Anyway, Annie and Will, it's an absolute uh, pleasure.
0: No,
5: Irish sure. people wouldn't. I <laughs> they yeah, they they bring me in. Come on, bring her in. Yeah, they wouldn't be able to say no. No. <laughs>
2: That's true. No, thank you so very much for joining me on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure.
4: Thank you so much. Thanks, Yvette. Thank you.
2: Well, thank you for listening to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Building. We'll be back the same time, same place next week. Stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please rate and review. We want to hear from you, so send in an audio clip telling us your paranormal story to this address. Paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. That's paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. And we also have WhatsApp now, so you can send in your voice notes to this number. It's 075-999-2755. That's 075 999 We also now have an Instagram page, so follow us at Paranormal Activity Pod. And do remember this things aren't always as they seem. Here's a cool fact.